We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition. It's a sad day. The college football season is over. It's 2018, and now the long wait begins until football's back. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. Kyle, are you in mourning like I am? I am. It's. It's. Uh, I don't know if it is technically the longest off season in in sports, but it certainly feels like it. And um, I don't know. We we got a good send off though. It was, it was a good. It was a terrible first half. Good second half. We had Gundy on the call. Uh, how much of the uh, how much of the coaches room did you get to watch? And just what were your takeaways from from Gundy there? I was fired up to watch watch that because i didn't want to watch the sec love affair on the national broadcast but i can't do the coach's room like it's just a lot of babble uh i don't need to hear david cutcliffe breaking down punt coverages <laughs> uh i did like it i had it like on my laptop while i had it on the big screen in the national broadcast but i, I need herbie and fowler i need the atmosphere yeah it, w- it was nice during commercials to flip over i thought i thought gundy was sedated most of the night or if he was <laughs> his his uh wild turkey and coke wasn't exactly waking him up too quickly but i let i let the uh, i let you live blog it and so in case he said anything jaw dropping i would i would have flipped over and, and caught it yeah it, it was uh he said a few things that were interesting I, I think it's always fun to get i mean you're basically getting a bunch of millionaires in a room who know football really well and i think gundy might and and maybe admittedly might know football the least out of those guys just because he's not he's not dealt with the X's and O's for so long and so it was interesting like Bama Bama is literally driving to 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 win the national championship and Gundy's like oh, it should run it here I'd run it here draw draw he's like I'd center I'd center the ball here and they're like they're like getting a first down. He's like, I'd center the ball for my kicker here, and Bama runs for a first down. <laughs> and so it's it's just hilarious to like mix him, who I think he fancies himself kind of a game manager with a bunch of like David Cutcliffe is like deep in the in the in the X's and O's weeds, and it, it was I don't know, it was an interesting mixture. It was pretty telling to hear him talk about stuff like that. There was a point where I think it was Georgia towards the end of the first half. They were trying to line up a field goal. Might be what you're referencing where he kept saying like, he's like, well, you know, they don't like, they don't like the protection and, and, and one's your best player. So just give it to him. Right. And everyone, he kind of like, looked around and like, no one really acknowledged what he said. He's like, <laughs> he's basically saying like, hell, I do that with justice every third and 11. It works out most of the time. Well, Eddie, he he kept saying like six in the box, six in the box, like every like three plays in a row. He was just like he wouldn't say anything else. He would just say six in the box, and and like implying that I I forgot. I think it was Alabama had the ball that they should be running it. So I don't know. It was it was pretty funny. Um, well, the best man, the best tweet, one of the best tweets you included on your or you may have retweeted it. <laughs> was Gundy knows what the two safeties are doing when he gets out of bed or when, when they get out of bed. Because <laughs> that's like all he focused on was where the two – the two safeties basically run Mike Gundy's offense. So if you put they, them not, back, it, he's going to run. like they run, run his life. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, he, he goes out to get the paper and the two safeties are waiting at his mailbox. <laughs> like, oh, better better not go get the paper right now. But the, the funny part about all that is he was talking about them all night and then that's – basically it ended up where Georgia got beat was, was that 
that uh, safety on on the left hand side with the game winner. Um, I don't know. Like I, people kept saying, "Oh, Gundy, Gundy was calling for that all night," and like, like Gundy was just saying a bunch of different things. Like I don't think he was. Like he he kept saying run run run, and then he would talk about the the two safeties, and like he, I think he was just he was hedging his bets for for being able to say he called the the walk off, and then his reaction at the end was was epic. Did you see it? He didn't react. I know it was great. It was it was was what, it what, what what do you think would have to happen? What series of events for Gundy to react to a play on a football field? Like would someone have to die? I wouldn't go that far, but it is interesting how he has this persona yet on the field during games. He's like totally stone faced. The only time he really erupts is just to light up a a line judge for a pass interference call. (laughs) Uh, But he's not real animated and he's, he's talked about that. And I kind of, I can kind of relate to him. He said, you know, I'm not a big rah, rah guy. He's like, it wasn't like that when I watched sports. I think you and I are the same. When we go to games, we're not the dudes that painted our chests and we're, you know, Going, we basically just stand there and watch. That's kind of how I've always been. So I kind of, I kind of understand where he's coming from from that. But I wanted more politicking from Gundy. I wanted him. You know, I tweeted a clip of him. Yeah, that was great. In, in, a, in the most subtle way he humanly possibly could, uh, kind of just displaying his shock at how few yards Alabama had when Oklahoma had <laughs> 300 against them. He's just like, and it was. He kind of fell on his crutch. Like that. That surprises me. But then at the end, he went as far as that. That shocks me. <laughs> and, 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 and nobody acknowledged it, and they moved right on. But uh, I did think somebody responded to me, and I retweeted it today. He said, <laughs> I posted the clip, and it's kind of gone viral a little bit. And, and this guy wrote, this is a beautiful visual representation of an internal struggle of the mind while speaking. The heart and mouth wants to say so much more, but the brain keeps it civil. <laughs> which is so perfect. Like, you knew Gunny wanted to stand on the table and go, this is what we deal with in the Big 12. Like, <laughs> We know how to score. Y'all don't. Right, David? Right, David? And Scott Cliff probably would have moved on. Somebody some, somebody hit me up and said that they thought uh, someone was eyeing wanted, Gun- You know, like, uh, I heard Pat Jones this morning. I heard Pat Jones this morning. He, he was just aghast that they ripped off his coaches, him and Barry Switzer's coaches cabana idea. That's basically what it is, I guess. <laughs> but... But he he made a good point actually in that he's like I wanted I wanted Mike to say you know I played with a guy named Thurman and Barry and how how does Sony Michelle and them compare you know I wanted more of that and yeah. I kind of I kind of agree I thought Gunny could have said a lot more than he did well that that's hard because then then you start going down like this rabbit hole of you know David Cutcliffe has coached all these different quarterbacks and you don't you don't want you don't want to be the guy that's like you don't want to be the Uncle Rico in the room I played with. You know, I I coached uh, Vernon Morency back in '03 when I was a you know whatever, and so you don't you don't want to be that guy. It's it's a weird uh, sort of like balance in the room because you got all these big personalities and they're trying to like keep up with the game. It's going really fast. It, it's just I don't know. I th- I thought Gundy. I thought the whole room was fun and Gundy specifically was was really good i enjoyed it when him and cutcliffe had kind of these sidebar conversations they're talking about like middle infielders you need your quarterback to be like a middle infielder in the sh- like when when you're running out of the shotgun which i thought was was funny i think gundy just loves baseball analogies just anything he can relate to baseball he 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 does it whenever he can 
Yeah, the, he's he's an old shortstop. He he loves those analogies. But uh, no, I mean that at least gave us something else to watch. Um, the game was unbelievable. Uh, speaking of Gundy, I couldn't help you know, and this is totally unfair, and, and probably shouldn't bring it up. But like whenever they brought in Tua Tavaloa or Tungalolovia or whatever you say his name, yeah, uh, in the national championship game, a true freshman who hadn't played a snap. Mm. I couldn't help but think back to 2009 Bedlam when Gundy would not take out a just seriously injured Zach Robinson with the NFL arm, Brandon Whedon, just standing over there waiting to go in, who had proven himself in the Colorado game, won the game for him. Uh, he didn't have the guts to do that in that game, but Saban had the cojones to do that in the national championship game. I thought that was just a perfect example of you got you got to pull out all the stops, like, if things aren't going your way, you got to try something different. I just thought that was an incredible move by Saban that he should get all the credit for. Well, he should, but but don't you think it's easier to do that? And maybe maybe I'm wrong about this. I, I want to get your opinion. Don't you think it's easier to do that when you've got? I mean, he's got like five title. Like he's he's the best coach in history. Like you, you don't you don't have the um, you've got some cachet there. You've got some credit built up that you can spend. And at the time. And even now, I mean, Gundy's got credit, obviously, in, in OSU world and, and a little bit nationally. But at the time in 09, and even, um, you know, into like even a few years after that, he didn't really have the credit that he could spend of saying like, hey, trust me, I got this, you know? Well, it, when they were shut out of that same scenario, getting shut out. Yeah. Running toss sweeps on third and long. <laughs> what what is Alabama doing, by the way? What, why plus, are you playing? Plus, Saban, Saban kicked an onside kick in the national title game two two titles ago, too. I mean, this it just speaks to aggression and risk. Oftentimes, you get rewarded. The fortune favors the bold, and I just I couldn't help but. And again, it's a totally unfair point to Mike. I need to bring that up for the move that Nick Saban made. It just I couldn't help but think about that. But if you're Alabama, why are you playing Jalen Hurts all year? This freshman's a, he's unbelievable. What are you? What well, are you doing? Well, because you're absolutely loaded, and he didn't think he needed to. Do you think but they ju- it's obvious that he's better? Were, were they were they just were they just saving him for this type of situation? I'm I'm not saying for the title game, but for like if they got into a bind in like the SEC championship or the semifinals or whatever and just saying hey we'll go to him if if we, if we need him late in the season. Well, the rumor that, you know, Lane Kiffin went on Dan Patrick today and he said that the Tua kid told them he was going to transfer if he had to play like like this wow. week. Like I, <laughs> and so like you heard rumblings that they were going to play him even though they had Jalen Hurts and I don't think you consider that unless you're worried about a guy leaving and you can see why they don't want him to leave. And there was also reports that, you know, no matter what happened this year, that he was probably going to be the guy next year and they were going to move Jalen Hurts to some, some other position because he was just too good. And apparently he was upset because he was, he was out playing Jalen Hurts in practice. Where have we, where have we heard that before? <laughs> Actually, we hear the opposite. We hear that Whedon couldn't throw, throw a spiral in practice. How yeah? How encouraged do you think Gundy was that two true freshmen were playing for the national championship? I tell you, it's. I tell I you, <laughs> maybe I'm starting to talk like Gundy too. Uh, it, it really shines a light on the difference these freshman quarterbacks like. Yeah. 
like the seven on seven stuff, a lot of them come in early. I know Spencer Sanders is not, but just they play so much more football now. The Elite Eleven camps, like they're just so much more prepared mentally on top of physically. Obviously, they're more physically ready than they were in the past, but it just, I think it shows you that true freshmen are not just totally, you know, not ready at all. I think that a lot of them are, especially the higher, higher recruited ones. Yeah, it's true. I, I just, I don't know. Was he, was he giving you was he giving you Spencer Sanders vibes? No, I, I just think this whole year is going to be so interesting with with how it plays out. And I mean, I, I'm not wavering from my prediction that I think Spencer Sanders is going to play, but I, I just think that I think it I think it's eye opening for Gundy to be like, oh well, Alabama's doing it, Georgia's doing it, okay, you know, because I, I I don't think he gets outside of his world a lot to to use his own phrase. I, I don't think that he, I mean, he said it at the end of the broadcast. This is the first, basically, the first time I've been watching uh, the SEC this year, and um, so he he just I don't know. I I think it's I think it's good for him to be able to see. Hey, you can you can be really good with a true freshman, um, even if even if you have to live with some of the mistakes that they make. Well, Gundy's already proven he he's willing to do that, right? He started West Lunt over Walsh and Chelf. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's, he's proven that if he thinks this guy's the best talent, that he's willing to take a few lumps and put him yeah. in there right away. You're right. You're right. Um, okay, Carson, we got a guest. I want to get his take on uh, Gundy talking uh, during the. It's sort of, I, I don't know how to say that. Gundy breaking down the national championship game, I guess. Um, it's time for the Coupel Works guest of the week. Coupel Works, bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupel Works and please remember to drink responsibly um we are going to call this is always a fun time of year because we get to we get to finally talk to some of the guys that are uh that played on the on the football team that are graduating that are moving on so we're going to call uh, brad lundblad today he's been one of my uh must-haves for the podcast so we're going to talk to him just about the season his career and and what's coming up next for him how's it going we're good we're just talking about the uh the national championship did you watch it last night I did, yeah. It was a that was a crazy game. What, what did you was get? Your, a, did, go, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Carson. Kyle. Well, did you get a chance to watch? Uh, obviously, you watched the game, and it was an unbelievable game. But did you get to watch your coach on the uh, the ESPN news feed hanging out with all those other coaches? <laughs> yeah, I watched a little bit of that. I kind of flipped back and forth. Uh, honestly, the uh, the coaches' broadcast wasn't quite as entertaining as the uh, the, col- the color commentators. I think. I think most of those guys surprised the coaching, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I saw a little bit of it. <laughs> I saw a little bit of it. Uh, coach Gundy's mullet was looking, uh, pretty glorious as always. So, uh, so it was good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. When, when you're watching a game like that, obviously you guys didn't play Alabama or Georgia this year. Um, uh, but I'm curious about how you as a player watch it. Are you watching, uh, just like like a fan would, like like me and Carson would. Or are you watching um, as a guy that has played against some of those teams? Just how how do you watch a national championship game? Uh, I'd say it's about half and half. I mean, I think not only do I play college football, but I'm a huge college football fan, so I enjoy just you know sitting back and watching a game and just enjoying it. Uh, but being a college football 
more of an understanding and, and kind of uh, being able to see some of the smaller things in the game and, and have an appreciation for that as well. So uh, I'd say it's a little bit of both. You know, I think I enjoy just kind of watching, you know, sitting back and watching it. But uh, but at the same time, a lot of the time I kind of find myself, you know, tuned into the offensive line and defensive line because I kind of can't help myself. So it was it was an all SEC affair. So who who are you pulling for? Are you pulling for Saban or, or Georgia? Uh, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really pick a team going into it. Um, honestly, I was just kind of hoping it would be a, uh, an, in- an interesting, exciting game. You know, I didn't, uh, honestly, I was just kind of hoping it wouldn't be like a, a typical six to three SEC game. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping they would score some points and, uh, they scored a couple touchdowns, so that's pretty good for them. Uh, so it was, uh, it was pretty entertaining. So speaking of, speaking of that, I, I mean, do you get as annoyed by the, the, the big 12 as, you know, defensively challenge and this inferior product is to conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten because it, it annoys the hell out of me and Kyle. Does it annoy you too? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know, I, I think every time bowl season runs around comes around, I think the Big Twelve never gets as much respect as we deserve. And I think this year, you know, you, you saw it uh, with us with us against Virginia Tech. I think you saw it in some of the other Big Twelve games as well that uh, you know those those top defenses in the country that we were going up against uh you know they did a pretty good job against us Virginia Tech but but we scored more points than they had allowed uh I think against anyone but Clemson and so uh yeah like I said I, I definitely don't think the Big 12 gets the, the credit they deserve um you know I think that the the college ball playoff committee and and all those people I think they like to see the uh the big defenses and, and I don't think they they appreciate our style play as much but definitely showed up in bowl season this year yeah yeah i did um i'm curious brad you know we 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 talked a lot this year about expectations both at the beginning of the season and and kind of throughout and 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 teams are judged based on what their expectations were coming in how are you going to remember uh, this team and this season based on what the ex based on what your own expectations were coming into the season right um you know, I think a lot of there's a lot of people in the fan base that that would call this season a disappointment, and and I don't I don't think I would call it that. You know, I think there were definitely disappointing points in the season. I think there were, you know, things that a lot of things we could have done better. I think that there were definitely, you know, points in the season where we didn't play up to our potential, which is always frustrating. Uh, but I think looking back, you know, I think this team's really resilient, and I think, uh, you know, I think back to not just this season, but, but just my four years at OSU, how many close games we've, we've won and how many, how many crazy fourth quarter comebacks there have been. And, and I don't think this season was any different. I think when I look and, you know, I look at the Iowa state game, I look at the, the uh, OU game and the K state game, even though we lost those and, and, you know, just how close those were and how we, we never gave up, you know, we never, never stopped fighting. And, and I think, you know, our team was just so resilient and we never stopped fighting and, and, uh, you know, whether we won or we lost, I think that's something that we can hang our hat on. And, and I think that's, uh, that's definitely one of the things that'll always stick out to me. Well, now that the season's over and, and your career's over, now do you kind of, are you able to take a step back and just kind of reflect on the journey you had? I mean, not many guys walk on and start for four years. Just how proud of you are, are you of that? And yeah, I have, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy looking back and, you know, I think back to my freshman year coming in as a, a true freshman walk-on and, and being thrown out there against TCU and not really knowing what I was doing, but I, <laughs> you know, 
developing all the way up to my senior year, you know, uh, working my way up to, to first team all big 12 and, and kind of being a leader on the offensive line and, and, you know, just seeing how far I came through those four years, uh, it's been a pretty remarkable journey. And, and I'm just, I'd say pretty much the main thing that I've felt is just gratitude, uh, you know, being able to, to be a part of OSU, you know, is my dream school and, and being able to have the experience that I had at OSU, uh, it's, it's definitely something that I'll, I'll remember forever. And, and, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for it. You mentioned the OU game. I, I'm always curious about this because I, I think that as fans, people get really caught up in, in wins and losses and what was your record and what bowl did you win and all this different stuff. To me, I was there. I was at Bedlam. That was that was an, an amazing college football game. Is In in some ways, is, is losing that type of game maybe more memorable than winning like, like a non-conference game against a bad team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think those close games, those are the ones you remember. Uh, you know, I think uh, that's probably the loudest I've ever heard Boom Pickens Stadium was at Bedlam this year. And and it was, just a, it was just a shootout. I mean, it was just a good college football game and it was two really good teams going at it. You know, two of the two of the top teams in the in the conference, really two of the top teams in the country going at it. And, uh, you know, those rivalry games are fun. Obviously, it, it sucks to lose. And, it's a terrible feeling when you, when you, uh, don't win it. But, uh, but looking back on it, you know, that was a fun game. It was just back and forth the whole time and we were in it. And, uh, the fun thing about rivalry games is, you know, that each team is going to give their best shot. And I think that when I look back on that game, you know, they got our best shot and, and we definitely got their best shot. And unfortunately it didn't go our way in the end, but you know, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty incredible game when you look back and, uh, and just think about it. Yeah, that was definitely the loudest I've ever heard, uh, Boone Pickens Stadium. You, you came in with uh, Mason Rudolph. Uh, take me back to your freshman year. Did you and your teammates kind of have an idea of just how, how talented he was and kind of could you tell early that he was he was pretty special at quarterback? Definitely, yeah. He, uh, you know, he came in a semester before I did. He enrolled early, so he had been there for a little while. But, uh, yeah, when we, when we came in, um, you know, it was pretty clear from the get-go that he was a leader and that he was a, that he was the kind of quarterback that could really take control of an offense. You know, you can kind of tell when somebody's a leader just by the way that they carry themselves, and I think that he's always kind of had that. And, uh, you know, going through that, that 2014 season, we had so many freshmen that were, that were thrown out there, you know, myself included. And then whenever, uh, whenever Dax got hurt and Mason got thrown out there, um, you know, I think uh, it was kind of a strange feeling because anytime you have a freshman, but but I felt like we were all confident in him just because of the leadership that he had showed up to that point. And even though, uh, you know, he hadn't played at all up to that point, I think that everyone felt pretty confident in him just because, you know, he's that kind of guy that, that when you look at him, you can just tell that he can he can go out there and take control of the team and, and he's the kind of guy that you can get behind. So, uh, so yeah, definitely from, from day one, you could definitely tell that he was – he was the kind of leader that would uh, that would be really important for us, Brad. I think that uh, I think fans sometimes only see the the player on the field and and don't think about kind of the lives that you guys are living off the field. What what do you do in your downtime? I know there's not a ton of it, but in terms of just kind of off the field, what are your interests? What are you into? What are your hobbies? Um, and and uh, just just kind of walk us through that as you kind of developed in college. Yeah, so uh, I've always really loved fishing. So uh, I got a couple of spots around Stillwater that I uh, that I enjoy going to. Actually, uh, last another thing I picked up last uh, last spring, I picked up golf, and I think <laughs> I'm probably the worst golfer in the entire world. Uh, so, <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Maybe I'll have to work out something with Coach Holder and see if he can, you know, give me some lessons or something. I know he has a, a golf background, but uh, <laughs> I'm still working on the golf game. But uh, those are kind of two of my two of my favorite things. You know, I just enjoy being outside uh, and, and, you know, kind of enjoying that. So uh, I, I definitely enjoy those two things. You don't, you you don't fish, fish, fish on at the Gundy Ranch? Pond. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. I think Coach Gundy probably sees enough of us, so I figure if I uh, figure if I showed up on his race, I might not be too happy about that. Okay, Brad. Now th- this is a selfish question. I-, I might be Tyron Johnson's number one fan. Oh my god! I was I was frustrated all season he didn't get the ball. So what what was the deal? Did he just did he not do his work off the field? Was it just he had James and Marcel in front of him? Why didn't he get on the field more? You know, I think when you look at it, I mean, we had. I didn't really appreciate how how just ridiculously stacked our our wide receiver core was. I think until I, you know late in the season when when I looked went back and looked at it. I think obviously James and Marcel are the two big names that come up, but but you look at just that that wide receiver group. I mean, we had so many guys that that were just talented and and they could you know get out in space and catch the ball and make plays. And so you know I think that. Uh, that was definitely part of it. I think that you know Tyron, he's a, he's a good guy. He works really hard, but when you have that many guys, I think sometimes it's it's hard to uh, you know it's hard to get everybody as many catches as they deserve. You know, and I think that when he when he got opportunities, he he definitely seized them. But uh, you know, I think that like I said, when when you have that many talented guys, it's just kind of difficult to uh, to distribute the ball around as much. And uh, you know, I think he'll I think this season can definitely be a breakout season for him. I think he's definitely got the talent. I think we saw saw some flashes of it this season, but like I said, you know, when you have that many weapons, it's just kind of hard to get the ball around as much. Who's another? Who <laughs> Carson's been talking about this for like three months, Brad. Um, <laughs> who, who's they, they did okay at receiver? I, I shouldn't talk talk about as much as I have. <laughs> <laughs> who's another guy that's maybe younger um, that that fans might not know as much about that you feel like is going to end up having a pretty good career at Oklahoma State? Um, well, you cut out there for a second, but I think I, I think I caught your question. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think this year for on the offensive line, I think Tevin Jenkins, you know, I think that he's going to have a big role to step up next year. Uh, he got in in a couple games this year and kind of struggled, uh, which is expected for a guy, uh, you know, that, that stepped in for his first couple games, but, but overall, man, you know, he's just a, he's just a big, strong dude and he's a great athlete. Um, and so I definitely think that, you know, if he's able to come in and, and uh, kind of accept his role on the offensive line, I definitely think that he could be a big-time player for us in the future. Um, you know, I think Chuba Chuba had a great year. Uh, he redshirted, kind of kind of allowed himself to grow up a little bit physically. Um, you know, I think we had – obviously we had Justice and JD, and both those guys did a great job all season. So it gave him, gave him an opportunity to redshirt and so kind of developed a little bit more. But he's a great athlete. I mean, he's – his his speed is just ridiculous, and so uh, definitely would would expect him to uh, to step up in a big way this year. Brad, the, the uniforms are a big mystery, and we're big uniform guys. I, I know the offensive line like to look good too. Do, do the players have any? <laughs> do you guys have any say on the combinations, or is it just a deal where the equipment staff kind of picks for you? No, it's just the equipment staff. Uh, you know, I I wish they would give us a say. I think it'd be cool if if we got to got to pick a little bit. I know. Uh, 
for me, I've, I've always liked all black. I think that's a really a really good look, and and for a big man, you know, black is slimming, so it kind of <laughs> kind of cuts down on the kind of cuts down on the belly a little bit, which is always a plus. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know our equipment guys do a great job, and and there are very there have been very few times in my career where I've I've uh, walked in the locker room on game day and, and been disappointed with what I saw. You know, those guys do a great job, and and I think we have the coolest uniforms in the country, uh, and so. You know, it's uh, it's always a surprise, and so uh, that kind of keeps it exciting on game day. You never know what you're gonna what you're gonna walk in the locker room and see, and so uh, it kind of keeps it exciting. And those those guys do a great job. Well, our uh, our uniform segment is usually sponsored by Chris's. I got to throw that in there, uh, Carson. And and to to follow up with that, I, I guess I can presume that the uh, the all black against OU is your favorite combination. You you wore a lot of combinations. You played in a lot of games. Was that your favorite one that you guys have ever worn? Yeah, that one is that one is pretty cool. Um, when I look back, I think of uh, I think it was my sophomore year when we played against TCU. We wore the all black uh, with the chrome face mask and the uh, I think it was the chrome pistol Pete at the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think back. Those are probably my top two. I'm I'm a big fan of the all black, so uh, those are probably yeah. my top two. Go ahead, Carson. Well, sorry, you cut out there, Kyle. Oh, go ahead. Well, just what do you give us an update, Brad? What are you up to now? Yeah, so right now I'm I'm back home in DFW. I'm working out. Um, I actually leave for the East West Shrine game this Saturday, so I fly out to Tampa and I'm playing in the East West Shrine game on January 20th. So I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, it'll be a good opportunity for me, and then. After that, uh, coming back home, I'm, I'm finishing up one online class that I still have to finish up to uh, to finish one of my double majors, and then uh, I'll just be working out, and then I'll, I'll head back up to Stillwater and do a pro day in March. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that somebody will give me an opportunity, so I'm excited about that. You excited about that 40? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, funny, I actually uh, – I actually bought my first pair of, uh, of like wide receiver cleats the other day, you know, cause I, you know, we always wear these, we always wear these big, uh, these big bulky lineman cleats, which are great for playing football in, but I, right. you know, I've, I've always been like, I've always been like, you know, I can't run my 40 in these things. They weigh like five pounds. And so, uh, so I went out and bought some, uh, some lighter cleats. So hopefully that'll, hopefully that'll shave a couple tenths of a second off my 40 time. You got to get the uh, the spandex shorts and the spandex like crop top like Zeke Elliott wears to to round out the, <laughs> the, the get up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pull that off. <laughs> what? Uh, I think I'll just. I think I'll just stick with the wide receiver cleats. Uh, real, real quick, I wanted to ask you, um, Brad, if you you know, I know the NFL is is sort of the goal for everybody and and. Uh, you know, everybody's hoping to get there. If if you end up not playing there or, or play there for a little bit and then and then kind of move on, what what are your interests in terms of? I think I've heard you mention uh, like real estate development before, or something like that. But just what are your interests in terms of uh, going pro in something other than sports? Yeah, so uh, I, I graduated. I graduated in December with my marketing degree and. And this uh, this May, I'll finish up my management degree as well. So, so I'm a business guy. Uh, you know, I take those majors because honestly, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, and those are broad. And uh, so, uh, now that I'm done with college, I still don't know exactly what I want to do. <laughs> um, 
so I'm kind of exploring my options, but, but real estate is definitely something that I'm uh, interested in. And, and I've kind of looked at that. I've looked at uh, medical, medical device sales. I think that'd be something interesting that I could, I could definitely hop on board with. And so I'm kind of exploring my options. You know, I think the good thing about uh, a business major is that it's really broad, but that's also kind of a bad thing when you, <laughs> when you don't know exactly what you want to do. Uh, yeah. And so I'm kind of, kind of exploring my options right now. Uh, you know, I've been talking to some people, uh, some family friends and stuff who, who kind of do different things and kind of trying to get a feel for what I might like, what I might not like, and, and kind of just trying to get a feel for it right now uh, to, to kind of figure out what direction I want to head once football's over. What are you going to miss most about about game days, Brad? Is it the game itself? Is it, you know, getting to the stadium? Is it is it going to Murphy's afterwards? Just What, what are you going to miss most <laughs> about Saturday? <laughs> Uh, man, I mean, there's, there's so many things about game day that are so special. Uh, you know, I, I've always loved the walk. I think that's something that's really special to me. You know, my parents always stand in the same spot and I would go up and, and, you know, hug my parents right before the game. That was always really special, uh, singing the alma mater after the games. I think that's really cool. Uh, really, I think my favorite part is just, you know, being around your teammates after a win. I think that's really special. Just that feeling in the locker room when, when you, when you come out on top and you go back and those are the guys that you work so hard with, you know, you, you put in so much work with those guys and, and that feeling after the game, whenever you get back in the locker room and, and all that hard work is paid off and all the preparation and everything you've done is paid off and, and just being able to enjoy it with those guys, I think is, is something that I'll definitely miss. And it's, it's definitely going to be weird next year. Uh, you know, on TV or, or in the stands or wherever I'll be watching, uh, it's definitely going to be different. You know, I've been playing for four years now, and, and uh, it's definitely going to be different, so I'm going to miss that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we'll get you out of here on this. I've got six uh, names or Oklahoma State-related things written down. I want you to give me a one word, the first word that pops in your mind when I when I hit you with them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Josh Henson. Smart. Calvin Bundage. <laughs> Fearless. <laughs> Nike uniforms. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, Zach Crabtree. <laughs> Leader. Uh, Boomer Lake. <laughs> uh, fishing. <laughs> uh, okay, it's last actually one. Funny. I, I actually, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, it's actually funny you brought that up. Uh, I actually got, uh, I have bad memories of fishing out there. I, I got a, uh, I got a ticket out there for fishing without a license whenever <laughs> I first got to OSU. And, uh, so, so I have some bad memories about that. Uh, me and, uh, me and, and, uh, Zach Steiner were out there. We were fishing one summer and, uh, this cop came up to us and, and we kind of knew, um, we kind of knew going into it that we were supposed to have licenses, but we thought, you know, they don't, they don't enforce that. So we'll just, you know, we'll just go. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, sure enough, the first time we go, this cop comes up to us and, uh, and, uh, you know, we end up getting a ticket. So that was a bummer, but, uh, I definitely have bad memories of, of fishing at Boomer Lake. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Okay. Last one, Boone Pickens stadium. <sighs> Man, it's hard to pick one word for that one. I mean, just so many memories. I guess memories would be the word. Just yeah. uh, just so many yeah. memories, so many great wins, and and uh, you know it's hard to put it into into one word, but it's it's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brad, we appreciate your time. Uh, you obviously had a really uh, fun and and great career in Stillwater, both 
in the classroom and uh, on the field. So wish you the best uh, with the uh, with the NFL upcoming. And yeah, we will uh, talk soon, hopefully. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Okay, we're back. I apologize for uh, kind of cutting out a few times there, uh, but Brad was great. I knew he would be. Um, favorite thing can that see, he's... can see why was, you uh, were dying to have him on. He was fantastic. Yeah, every interview I've heard with him, he's just so easygoing and doesn't doesn't always you know doesn't give cliche answers. And uh, I don't know, he he's just he's he seems like a very thoughtful guy. Yeah, and a uh, really cool story. I mean, you know, I, I was talking to Evan Epstein this season. I can't remember when it was, a few months ago. You know, he was... And I wish I had to come in in the situation Brad had where he, he got to start four years. You know, he just... Timing yeah. was there, and he obviously took the opportunity and ran with it to, to start for four years. Or I guess he started the Baylor game his freshman year, and then I guess him and Mason started every game together, essentially. So that that was really cool, and and obviously he's super smart. I mean, double major, uh, all Big Twelve everything in the classroom, and I think you, I think you have to be smart. I think Evan Epstein's a pretty sharp guy too, regardless of how much I make fun of him. But uh, <laughs> I think you have to be smart to play the center position. And I thought he he had a great career, and he, he had a lot of good things to say. Maybe Evan needs to take Brad to play golf. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Brad made it sound like he was the worst golfer ever. So him and him and Evan might have a good, a good uh, match play event. <laughs> Evan was pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was that was fantastic. The the thought of uh, Zach Siner getting a ticket at Boomer Lake for fishing without a license is pretty hilarious. By the way, or like uh, that coming across Gundy's desk. You know, like someone's <laughs> like, "Hey, Mike, like." This, you don't need to know about this, but this happened. They slide the sheet of paper on his desk, and he's just like, ha, been there a few times. Yeah, yeah. That's it? <laughs> like, That's all they, they did? They didn't get their license. They can just come to me, come to Gundy Ranch. We can do it on site. <laughs> we didn't really ask him about Gundy. Sometimes he, sometimes I feel bad asking guys about Gundy because it's like that's all they, they want to rip him. <laughs> well, no, no, not that. Just that. That's all they get asked about. What do you think of Gundy's hair? What do you think of Gundy? You know, like that. He's yeah. he's the the main event, and so I kind of feel bad going in that direction. But yeah, I used to towards the end of the year, I would cringe every time someone asked Mason about his mullet. It's just like I could almost like Mason handled it professionally, but I could just almost see him wishing he could just roll his eyes into the back of his head, like God, do I have to answer this again? Yeah, yeah. like I'm still talking about this. Yeah, but he totally. had like his stock answer, and it, like I think they asked him about it at the uh, the college football award show on ESPN. They asked him about it on the red carpet, and I was just waiting for him. Of course, Gundy was standing right next to him, so he had to be professional. But <laughs> I was just like, man, I'm bet Mason's sick of that. So yeah, totally. I thought it was hilarious that that uh, Brad has uh, purchased wide receiver uh, cleats. Yeah, just, do those come in size 15 or whatever <laughs> the, he wears? <laughs> the, the thought of him just rocking some low tops and. And getting after it in the 40 is, uh, it's pretty great. Um, okay, we're going to hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. And then we will come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986. And proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. 
They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Uh, by the way, once again, I, I just want to apologize for the t- the times that the connection cut out. Um, we we might be still running a low tech operation, but uh, thanks again to Brad for for his time for coming on. Um, what are you doing the rest of the week, Carson? Well, you cut out again on our low tech operation. Would you ask me? I asked what you're doing the rest of the week. Oh, uh, I'm off the next couple of days, and then uh, just working the weekend. Uh, college basketball season's here. Uh, nice yeah. win for Mike Boynton before we go. I know. I, I wanted to, to touch on that a little bit. Uh, it was a nice win. I think it would have been a worse loss than it was a good win. Do you feel that way? I think you could almost say the season's over if they lose that game. I yeah. mean, to start 0-3, to lose to Iowa State, who's the, one of the bottom teams in the league at home, that would have been brutal. That would have really put them behind the eight ball. But uh, Boynton, they... they I still don't know how they won the game, but Boyton's just such a likable dude. Like the the locker room thing was really cool afterwards. You could tell the players love him. Uh, for me, it's just going to be you know I said a successful season was eight wins. That's going to be really hard to get to in the league. I just I don't know if I I see them winning that many games. Yeah, I agree. They I think you said this. They have to get. I mean, this is obvious. This is not like in depth. Uh, like me, me breaking things down analytics, but Jeffrey Carroll has to be awesome. And he was in overtime. Kendall Smith was really good in overtime. And at the end of the game, those two guys, they have to be great offensively for them to win games. And when they're not, they're just, they're just not going to win. I mean, it's just kind of a reality. Yeah. Yeah, You need, you need uh, Carroll at an all big 12 level. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. They get they're at Kansas State on Wednesday. They get Texas uh, at home on Saturday, which is usually fun. Hopefully, GIA will be at least a little bit full. Um, so yeah, we'll be back. Uh, I believe later on in the week. I might take some mailbag questions. It's been a while since we've done that. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, Gundy Gundy National Television, Bama Georgia was great. College football off season is here. Which can't your wait for the uh, spring game. I guess. I was going to say, what's your favorite part of the offseason? I don't have one. Like it's all day, terrible. The, the day before the regular season? <laughs> yeah. Like, when we get to August, I start, you know, when they when they, when Gundy starts talking up Tyron like he's Odell Beckham Rice, that's when I get excited that time of year. Yeah. Big 12 media days. Yeah, I mean, I guess media days when I you finally realize the season's close. Yeah. That's always fun. So Yeah. It should be an, my poll question on Tuesday. Uh, how excited are you for Oklahoma State's 2018? Not excited, neutral, or very excited? What What was your uh, What was your answer to that? What were the options again? Sorry. Not Not excited at all, neutral, or very excited. I need like mildly excited. Is that an option? Okay. Is that a write-in vote? I think that's just. I'm not. I'm not neutral or not excited because I, I think they're going to be fun. I mean, especially if they put in Sanders, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the question, obviously, as it is with with Oklahoma, is just what kind of defense are they? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I, I think that's I just, points. 
I think they have to make some changes philosophically on defense. It's just not it's not working. I don't I don't know if they're going to no, make those I, changes. I agree. But they they well, we'll we'll find out after February, February signing day. When it, it's like the first week of February or second week, uh, that's typically when coaching changes are made. So if if that week or those couple weeks come and come and go, then it's going to be status quo. But if that's when you that's when you can circle perhaps keeping your ear to the ground on on any coaching changes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Carson, appreciate it. Uh, One blade was great, and we will talk again soon. All right, sounds good.